1: Welcome to episode number two fifty-seven of On the Corner, the official pitchlist.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast, joined as always by Mister the, the, the Editorial Man himself, Nicholas Pollock. How you doing, Nick? What is happening? Why am I editorial? You Fass? took my title of the podcast and you changed it. <laughs> I won't read what you changed it to but you definitely changed I was just quoting you <laughs> yeah that's true
2: and uh I will mention um you have a base in in this room right now oh should we are we are we gonna are we gonna talk about that I, obviously we are.
1: I, 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 I'm afraid to commit to it, but I think I just need to jump in the you deep do. end. You really do. It's a dumb idea. It's a wonderful idea. It's For me, one and the same. Synonymous. <laughs> <laughs> Synonymous. I think by the time you listen to this, theoretically, this video should be out. It's, it's called Bass Hit. Mm. And it's a thirty-five second video of me playing bass and saying a random statistic about baseball, and, yeah. it, and we're gonna see. Well, I'm gonna try it, and people could hate it, and I'll never do it again, or maybe people could like it. And, we all know we're all gonna love. This. I don't. I don't know about that. I. I it doesn't really make any sense. Why, why do it make sense? What do I do? I just play a bass line and say a random stat yeah. about Kyle Gibson. You gotta. On. You gotta say it like Jack Handy. <laughs> Oh, okay. but th- this the tonally is going to be tough to figure out. Either way, it's we're going to be wonderful. We'll figure it out. We're yeah. going to record it at the end of this podcast. But it, it, I, I am ha- like, I'm, listen, I'm just happy to get some of your time because you're you're such a Twitch right. celebrity okay. now. Okay. Is such a oh, Twitch what? superstar? Yeah, yeah, sure. Fast. Look at this little smile. Do like, you oh, even I exist non digitally right now? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, Nick is, is is twitching all day. Um, he he, is, <laughs> he is, uh, is because I take too much coffee. That's yes, what it is. Exactly. Yeah, Exactly. So uh, one you give a breakdown what the streaming schedule is for those and where they can find you on yeah, twitch. sure
2: uh 8 30 to 11 a.m not 10 anymore 11 a.m mm. monday through friday uh, i will be doing the first pitch podcast and doing my streaming rankings and also uh reviewing two starting pitchers every single morning that you guys select on twitch uh as we watch them together break them down it's an inning how you know what the sequencing was what were they trying to do uh mechanics all that kind of stuff how did that inning come to be we break it down uh, live there So definitely go check it out 8.30 to 11 a.m. Every uh, weekday morning It's Eastern time too Of course Twitch.tv slash list. Yeah, Eastern time Who are who
1: were, who were the two people today? Who are the two pitchers today? Corey Kluber
2: today? and Trevor Rogers So we watched the, the three run uh, Home run from Ryan Zimmerman Off of Rogers mm-hmm. We also watched Corey Kluber Have that
1: fantastic second inning uh oh, yeah it was it was nice it was, really
2: nice. It was a it was a nice little good and a bad you know
1: that is a lot of fun uh yeah. if you haven't joined PL plus you got to check that out we of course have the first pitch podcast coming out for you each morning 10 to 15 minutes of all the news and notes that you need to know from the day before we're also all over different social media platforms twitter instagram and tiktok at pitchlist at alexfast8 or alexfast pl and listen i'm kind of breezing through here because we have so much to get to today We have a, a, a new
2: One podcast I want us to say We've
1: got nothing What do you mean?
2: No I want us to say oh, That like, one. yeah we, okay, That's yeah. it What are we doing? What are we doing
1: here? We're playing John Cage's 444 I think it's called Which is just 4 minutes and 44 seconds Of silence I believe that's the name wow. Of that song. Yeah, Okay yeah That, that uh, sounds That sounds. What's the best album You've been
2: listening to? Or is I feel it, like there oh, is 433
1: one. by John you, Cage You've been listening to An album recently Haven't you? Ugh oh. I can't get enough of this friggin' band. What is it? It's this band, Black Midi. I I just cannot get enough of them. They have a new album coming out at the end of the month. They have these two new songs. One of them's called Slow. One of them's called John L. or John 50., uh, and I just think they are wholly original and so much fun. And for some reason, I just can't get over them. Tickets go on sale for their show tomorrow. I'm mm. going to so many concerts this year. Uh, Wait, well, there's one that I was like, "Hey, I'm going to this concert. You want to go?" You're like, "I already have tickets." <laughs> yes, Primus playing through all yeah, of Rush, Rush what? with Wolf Mother.
2: and the Sword.
1: <laughs> Unbelievable. Sign me up. Uh, we're, we already have tickets to Rage Against the Machine we and do. Run the Jewels for yeah. next year. It's going to be a great year for 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 music. I'm very excited. Also, this band I love called Hiatus Coyote, um, who is from Australia. They've got this fantastic album that's going to drop next month. They're just like perfect. I absolutely love them. Very happy to get back into that scene. Also, I love should bring it. up too, If you, I, I don't know if you guys were able to check out, I, that Kevin Gaussman article came out that you guys should oh, go yeah, check out course, if you absolutely. haven't read it.
2: I think Keith Law mentioned that one.
1: Keith Law did mention it. Yeah. That was very surprising. Um, but So we got a lot that we're going to get to today, so we should go ahead and, and get to it. The first thing we're actually going to start with, April's done, but it it's is. still raining in New York. April's, because I, mm. I don't see it. It actually has been beautiful. In New it's York. been gorgeous. It had, like, the flowers look. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, May 1st. It was lovely all around Manhattan. It was a great day. It was beautiful. Chris and I went to the Botanical Gardens. It oh, was, lovely. Uh, uh, bueno. Um, <laughs> all right, but so we want to talk about some of the best performers from April. We're actually not going to hit on the negatives here, because uh, you know why? You know the negatives. Yeah. The guys that you're rostering who aren't doing well, you're reminded of it daily. Why did I draft him? That's what you're thinking. So I'm not going to do that. We're going to talk about the fun surprises. Of course, yeah. So we're going to start. We're going to break it down category by category. We're going to start with the ERA surprises. So, I, I mean, this could be the biggest shock... Of the year so far That on the ERA leaderboards right now At number 2 is Danny Duffy yeah, At that's a crazy. .6 ERA Yeah that's lower than his whip of
2: .97 <laughs> That's unreal It's uh, it's crazy I mean obviously he's throwing harder That's the major thing we've been talking about In 2016 Danny Duffy threw 94 He hasn't done it since except for this year um, It's around 93-94 And I don't actually buy that he's going to have a full season At 94 sure. That's a problem I mean that's 5 years ago that he's turning back the time And I just don't necessarily buy that so it's, it's, I mean, it's a beautiful Vargas rule. Actually, it might be like the most true essence of a
1: Vargas rule.
2: Well, because no. we don't really expect him to be this good. For the
1: entire season. We have to stay true to your definitions, though. Vargas Rule is once one bad performance and they're dropped. And we had a new one where if it was two bad performances, yeah, that's a Vargas Rule Plus. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah, that's, that's, that's what, yeah. You're not gonna... Okay,
2: that's very fair. Very yeah. fair. I just meant in more of the essence. Like, I think even when Vargas Rule was doing that, you still gave him one extra start. Okay. We but can yeah. change the definition. Yeah, hey, a little I, bit. But I, I'm, I'm all about doing yeah, that. But that's that's what Danny Duffy is doing. It's great. You keep starting him now. I mean, he just took down the, the, the twins, which is wonderful. Yes. He, he's helping me in the Guillotine League, which is
1: incredible. Yeah. So, break down with the Guillotine 18 league is for those who aren't familiar. 18 teamer. Mm -hmm.
2: It's points every single week. Your points go up against everybody else's. If you have the lowest point total of the week, you're out of the league. (laughs) All of your players then go on to the waiver wire that everybody bids and gets them on Tuesday morning. It's It's unbelievable. It's the best league. It's unbelievable. It's such a fantastic league. And, and whose mind did that spring oh, from? Oh, of course,
1: exactly. Miles Nelson. And you
2: can be part of these if you're part of PL Plus. Wonderful.
1: Uh and here's the thing, too. I I was tweeting about Danny Duffy last week, and it feels it does feel a little awful to tweet about ERA, but like, hey, it's a it's a category in fantasy. Yeah, it's so a month. It, yeah, exactly. It's a month. I just bet that, like, you know, it almost feels like tweeting about average, but here we are. Um, sticking with the ERA surprises. And there, like, the way that I tried to quantify this is like I think if I said to you, hey, player X is going to be in this position after April, you'd be like, that's a little bit of a surprise. Sure. Because while I believe that, you know, you definitely thought that John Means was going to have success, I don't think even you would have thought a 1.70 ERA that was the sixth best in baseball after April. i
2: would have also thought he's throwing 94.95 yeah and he's really 92 to 93 uh but the changeup is back to what it was in 2019 uh, and the fastball command's been really good and actually you know I've, I've been kind of impressed with the slider curveball i mean it's been a nice mixed pitch Honestly, I shouldn't be saying anything because this guy was on Masson talking about John Means over the weekend. <laughs> Just spouting the things that you say about All him. Right. Oh no, stop that! So no, please. you're great.
1: No, you're great. Tell us about John Means fast. Well, it's funny he hasn't given he hasn't given up a, a hit on his curveball yet, which is okay. pretty unbelievable, and he is turning into this kind of four seam. Um, change-up pitcher, which is, I mean, like, yeah, he's always been that, but the reason that was kind of shocking because I thought if he was going to take a step forward, it was going to be because of the swinging strike rate on the curveball or on the slider, and Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily there yet. He's getting more swings and misses in the zone on his change-up than ever before in his career. He's got a higher swinging strike rate in his change-up overall than ever before in his career, and he's also putting more fastballs over the heart of the plate than ever before in Mm -hmm. his career. So he's almost doing what Gaussman's doing with four-seam change-up as opposed to four-seam splitter, which is like pounding the zone with a well-commanded four-seamer, and actually, excuse me, Elevating more than ever as well, not like elevating like Tyone where it's like kind of like up and out of the zone, which is also beneficial, of course. And I was wrong about that, but means it's kind of elevating at the top of the zone. There was a good example against Eli White where you know he's got enough speed differential between those two pitches where he can paint up with that four-seamer, come in the zone with the changeup, get that swing and miss. The one wild thing I I, I was talking with um with SP Streamer about this today. I don't know how this is possible. He hasn't a hundred percent left-on-base rate. Sure, And even though he's had two games in which he didn't have an 100% left on base rate. So his left on base rate was not 100% when I checked two days ago, three days ago. But now it is 100%, which I guess makes it a rounding thing. But even then, you would think it'd be 98 point something as opposed to 100. Yeah, left on base rate is a very weird formula. Is it? Uh, okay. It's, I didn't know if it was like straight ahead. Uh, I
2: don't have a good answer for you. I mean, generally, I would, if I see 100% left on base rate, that means to me like, oh... He's essentially allowing a home run or so, and that clears the bases. And then the guys that get on like a double or something, it's not like a base hit that brings them in. Okay. But uh, I think it actually doesn't really calculate the game situations. It's more of just like this minus that plus this and that, and that eventually okay. figure it like assumes essentially that it's just home runs and stuff.
1: Got you. It is interesting, but overall, whether it's right or wrong, it's it's it's, it's, it's an it's, insane yeah, left on base lot. Yeah, It's a
2: lot. Uh, obviously, we don't expect this from John Means in this way. No. Uh, I, I've, I've said this earlier on. Essentially, if John Means is, you know, is who he is right now, essentially is just a little bit better than two thousand nineteen. It's not the massive improvement I think we saw at the end of two thousand twenty that I got really excited about. Sure, because we don't have the velocity, right? Yeah, but John Means two thousand nineteen was a really good changeup and a good enough fastball. I think his fastball a little bit better, just not the overwhelming uh, improvement that I was hoping for.
1: Yeah, I agree, and I think like even like if we're being Realistic, and we're talking about regression. We're talking about we're not talking about regression to a four ERA pitcher. Absolutely not. We're talking about regression to a mid to low three ERA pitcher at the moment. I mean, his FIP is three point six two. Like, if I get a three point six two ERA from John Means going forward, I'm still happy. Right. I I would say my ranking of John Means, as you guys will see,
2: is two things. Also, I mean, yes, I don't think the floor is that low, Mm. and it's also the fact that the Orioles are going to let him pitch. Yeah, and he goes deep into games, which is a thing I really value this year, especially as you constantly see guys go five and change, mm. and maybe sometimes even four and change. It's really frustrating. All of a sudden, Johnny is like, "Hey, here's seven innings." But like, oh. Thank you, John. Means yeah, yeah. So that that's it's all very encouraging there, but right, I'm not expecting a sub three pitcher this year. Yeah,
1: I agree. Um, moving on, and these rankings, by the way, are leaderboard rankings, not Nick's uh, list rankings, which we're of course going to get to in a little bit. Uh, but staying with the ERA surprises, number nine, Trevor Rogers at one point nine one. Is this the one that's probably the most sustainable out of all of them so far? Ooh,
2: that's a good question.
1: Um, maybe. I mean, we just don't know enough about Trevor Rogers. It's also
2: kind of new how he has this extra velocity. Uh, but he's done a really good job of getting that fastball inside right handers and then keeping mm. them off bay with, uh, or at bay, or off, <laughs> uh, honest with changeups away. Mm. Uh, that essentially you focus inside, then you go soft stuff away. It's a classic uh, sequencing thing, and he does it really well. And then also you have a slider that he gets in there for strikes too. So he's throwing like ninety five, ninety six consistently. Yeah, it's a really nice. Uh, I think it look, I don't have the, exactly the the rise numbers on his, his four seamer. Sure, I'm willing to guess that pitch is is above average in this. Yeah, probably. Uh, I, I can see the swings on it. I can. Uh, I'm watching this. I'm like, yeah, okay, the guys are not uh, seeing this right, and it's a, it's a very hard pitch to hit.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, too. I mean, like, he's not doing it necessarily with, like, the best. I mean, he's got a good slider, but it's not the best slider no, in the world. You know what I mean? that's
2: a sub-15% swing strike rate slider. Yeah, that's it's just fun absolutely. watching
1: him doing it with velo and a and a changeup. I yep. mean, that's really but the extent. But he's going
2: in and out. So, I mean, he does elevate, too, and actually didn't elevate enough. He tried to against Ryan Zimmerman on that 0-2 pitch, and he just got too much of the zone as Zimmerman was waiting for a fastball the entire at-bat. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I it was uh, it's something that I like to see when you go to two strikes. He's elevating it, but most of the time he's going inside outside, which is all right. It's it's not like the death sentence are a bad thing to do. It's just not the uh you know there's different approaches for, that work for different guys. I like what
1: Rodgers is doing. You, you, you just reminded me. You got me so upset. I think I sat Zimmerman yesterday, and I couldn't remember if I did it or not, and I believe that I did. Mm. Um, I, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, it's my fault and Yancey Eaton's fault, so Yancey, if you're listening. <laughs> uh, can...
2: well, well, last week, I almost, I mean, I lost 50 points in the Guillotine League because of Monday, essentially, a benching. Uh, benching my, I didn't set my lineup for Monday last week. Uh, Ah, that's brutal. I almost got eliminated and unfortunately I didn't but that would have been terrible.
1: That would have been brutal. The last guy I want to talk about in in the biggest ERA surprises, maybe the the second highest surprise after Danny Duffy is Anthony Discofani with a 2 ERA through April. So I know a lot of people aren't going to
2: like this but that includes two starts of Rocky Road in Oracle Park.
1: Okay, interesting.
2: And one of them, I think, was a complete game shutout. So it's just uh, like, I'm not too sold on this. I mean, the approach of Anthony Descofani hasn't really changed too much when he's, you know, when he's working, it's a 40% slider usage. And he's hoping that that sinker continues to be a good uh, P-Val, essentially. And it's not, it's fine. You know, it, I, w- I have Descofani on the list in a place where if there are intriguing options, I'm okay letting go of Tony Disco. Okay, uh, but he did well. You know, he did well over the weekend against the Padres there and run six innings, and that's actually pretty much all you can hope for there. But yeah, he's not this league winner to me.
1: I will say, I mean, and this is something that I think you and I both kind of harped on about San Francisco's rotation and what what that front office is able to do with these guys. I mean, I, I, I remember talking about it last year, like what are they getting out of Trevor Cahill? Like, how is this possible? And Kevin Gausman last year, th- while they are still uh, eighth overall in FIP they they're like they're still third in the NL West which is insane to me. Huh. It literally goes Dodgers, Padres, and then a few others and then the Giants. But that I don't think I think it's pretty surprising. A lot of people wouldn't have thought that they would have had that dominant of a rotation it, well, it's uh coming into the Cuetos
2: out And great. It's
1: Webb. Uh I'm trying to think of like who. Okay, it's, it's Wood, uh Gaussman
2: and Descofani are the ones that matter. Yeah, right? And then it's Webb and I can I can't remember the last one right now. I'm so sorry. I uh, but uh, with Cahill, by the way, Cahill does this. He has like two or three starts that are good in the first two months somehow, and then just and then just nothing else. And yeah he only, had that he had two amazing starts? It was what are you doing, Cahill?
1: How do you do this? And then usually the nothing else ones are when I decide to stream them. Right. There um. You. Aaron Sanchez is the person oh yeah I also right oh yeah. So I, well.
2: I I was debating with I uh, with Jordan and uh, Chris Weber of course of in the deep, mm-hmm. What you guys uh, I should obviously listen to on this podcast network. I uh, about Aaron Sanchez. Uh, and I don't, I don't buy it at all. Well, isn't
1: the velo still like terrifyingly no, down? No,
2: it went up in the last start. It okay, got back great. up to around ninety, which is still not what you that's want. Remember? That's... No, 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 no. It was down to eighty-seven or so. Okay. Okay. So that was yeah, you know, that wasn't good. But uh, Aaron Sanchez has a curveball that is doing all right. I don't even want to say it's like having a lot of success. It's doing well. It's a good one, but it's not like oh my god, look at that curveball. Yeah. Right? Uh, and there's nothing else in that repertoire like a sinker is getting ground balls and it's not allowing massive damage to him but it's not a good pitch. It's not, it's not something that I really get excited about.
1: I really want cuz I remember like the the buzz that happened in the uh, at the end of spring training was like Aaron Sanchez threw 98. You know what I mean? Like hit 98 in camp and we were like, "Oh lordy, let's go." Is it really that high? Yes. Oh man.
2: Whoops. Well, sorry Aaron, something's not right I guess. I wonder
1: if the Giants are just like take it slow. Like you haven't pitched in a long time. Take it easy. Even when he did pitch it was like blisters all the time. So who knows? Um, all right, I want to move on to some of these FIP surprises. Uh, I'll, I'll do, I'm going to say all three of them, and you can say which one's the biggest shock to you. Five, Eovaldi at 2.13. Number 10 overall on the FIP leaderboard, Zach Eflin at 2.52. Number 11 overall on the FIP leaderboard, Kyle Gibson at
2: 2.57. So Eflin doesn't surprise me because he's generally a ground ball guy. Okay. And he, you know, I can imagine him having a high K-walk rate. Okay. Right? So that will help FIP, essentially, sure. right? Um, Kyle Gibson, Eovaldi, Uh, Yeah, Gibson's obviously shocking. You know that? Yeah. I mean, that's what you were going for there. No, no, no. Me. <laughs> I, I really
1: think I Eovaldi is shocking. Eovaldi really But really th- no, top we've always, five?
2: Well, okay, fine. But, I mean, there's Kyle Gibson. It's like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm obviously surprised about Eovaldi, but it's also something where we've seen him have success before. Yeah, that's and true. And it's like, all right. But I wouldn't have expected him to have his success in the way he's having it. mm because Evaldi's always been searching for a secondary pitch. And when he had that success, I believe it was in 2018, it was with that cutter. It was with like the fastball going up then the cutter coming down, right? Maybe it was in 2019 as well a little bit. And he hasn't really been doing it like that. It's been some sliders and curveballs and also a splitter returning. And then mm. as you mentioned, I think in the last podcast, like he's doing it with all five pitches. Maybe yeah. that was two podcasts ago. Which is like, what? You're not supposed you're not supposed to be a kitchen sink guy, Evaldi. Yeah. You're supposed to be like, I've got a really hard fastball, and nothing else. Yeah. So it's been kind of strange watching that, and hopefully Evaldi can keep up that approach or at least find at least one thing on a given night to carry him through the season. And Kyle Gibson, I mean, you talked about him a lot last
1: uh, two weeks ago again. Yeah, and we'll talk about him a little bit later on today, so I'll say that for then. Not too much um, because I believe we, we've kind of hit on him a little bit. Um, so we'll do the same thing here. What's the biggest surprise to you in terms of K rate? Okay. David Peterson at 16 at 29%. Or Dylan Bundy maintaining his 2020 uh, K-rate percent at 27%. I mean, it's not too shocking with Bundy. I'm happy to see it. Mm-hmm. It was a case of,
2: like, we saw for eight starts and then not so much for two starts last year with Dylan Bundy. And, all right, good. He's the good one. That's really it's nice to see that. Yeah. David Peterson, obviously, is shocking. Yeah, uh, he had a moment last year where all of a sudden the slider was really working, and he showcased that strike at upside. Then it obviously disappeared after. And he's had it twice so far this year. I... And the most recent one, it really was it was four seamers around the edge super effectively. Mm. I mean, completely avoiding the heart of the plate, but actually like legitimately being inside the zone as well. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily buy that from David Peterson, though. That's a really elite fastball command, and it's not common to see that constantly every single start. Gotcha.
1: So more surprising is Peterson, more sustainable is Bundy. Yes. Okay, great. Uh, and last but not least, CSW surprises. So I'm going to say five CSW guys that kind of popped out to me that were pretty shocking. Carlos Rodon, obviously number seven, 34.7%. Dustin May, rest in peace, uh, 34.2%. Waskari Noah at number 16 at 334 And Rich Hill at 18, at
2: 33.2%. Man, all right. So, so May, not so much because called strikes, I would have imagined, but okay. he's also gone the whiffs, and that's crazy. And yeah. that's really good with that curveball. And I, I really hope he's okay, not out for too long. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Carlos Rodan is throwing 95 now, the highest of his career. I mean, this is the one thing that was interesting in spring. We saw that. It, like, we track a lot of things in spring. Okay, for every uh, Logan Webb, there is a Carlos Rodan or a Trevor sure. Rogers, right? Yep. So that's why we get, you know, you try and get our hands as many pots as possible there. And Rodon kept that velocity now, and it, even more so, he's throwing his changeup more often with success than a slider. Yeah. And this is supposed to be a guy with an amazing slider and hopefully a good enough fastball to support it, and maybe that changeup. But the, to see him excel with fastballs just dominating, yeah. And then a changeup on top of that, and oh, I guess I still have a slider too. That was really, really cool to see. I mean, Richel, I kind of get. Rich Hill can Because we know that us. upside Yeah we've seen that before And it's I, I am surprised He is doing still so well Was he like 41 now Or something ridiculous Yeah If I only they could just is, get but Consistent it's, innings <laughs> it, well, well right But well, he got COVID And that's why He had the short start Over the weekend Oh is that what That's why they so. gave him three I think okay. so That's what uh, Which makes sense Because he was on the COVID I.L. for the vaccine And then they and It makes sense So hopefully we do get Five or six in the next one For Rich Hill Um, I was incorrect In the round If someone uh, commented And mentioned that I was like oh right That's really smart And then Waskar Noah. I kind of I'm upset about this because I didn't give him enough time. I didn't I didn't tell him the time of day uh, earlier on in the season. Uh, I remember writing him off in 2020, mm. and I didn't really do a check in until about two starts in, or maybe like maybe three. And I was like, oh, I could yeah, have been faster on this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but nevertheless, I mean, what he does—97 mile per hour heat uh, with a wipeout slider—he's slider, yeah, keeping that down too a lot. It's been really, really impressive.
1: That reminds me, too. Just like Rich Hill, you and I both got shot number two of our vaccines, of our Moderna. We did. And I think it's important for people to hear, like... Absolutely. Uh, you, you had some symptoms. Yes. Right? And then I got very lucky. I had nothing. Oh, my God. Look at you. It was crazy. I had yeah. nothing. Yeah. I was, uh... a.
2: <laughs> I was out uh, like Thursday. I did the the live stream and I was struggling. Really? <laughs> I mean, we got we, I got mine at noon on on Wednesday. I don't know when you got yours. Yeah, 10 a.m. Okay. And I uh, it was okay for like the, the the evening and stuff. But then the next morning, I was I was feeling it, huh. and I had a 99.6 fever. And I still did my live stream, did yeah. the morning podcast, and then I just went to bed. I mean, I had the luxury mm. of be able to sleep for like four hours. That's great. Yeah. Um, and then I felt you know I felt all right that that evening, and then Friday morning felt completely
1: normal. Good. People should hear those stories as well. All right. Before we move on, we're going to uh, go on over to a very quick word uh, from today's podcast sponsor. You can sign up at PitcherList.com backslash plus and you're going to get your first month free with promo code All right, so before we get back to our biggest risers and biggest followers and all the new boys, we're going to start with two pretty big changes uh, in the top 20. We got two new boys breaking into the top 20. We're going to start with Julio Urias, who rises five from 22 to 17. I mean, uh, before you break into why and how he popped into the top 20, maybe they're intertwined. What's the bigger shock to you? His 28% K rate or his 4% walk rate that he cut in half from the past two years? Uh, I mean I'm not too shocked about the walk rate, honestly. I okay. mean Urias has always
2: been a command guy. Sure, but four percent. Yeah, well that's I mean, that's not gonna sustain itself. Sure. But like I'm I'm more shocked. I would be more shocked if he's walking like eleven percent mm-hmm. or something like that. It's it, it makes sense that he'd be going down rather than up, right? Uh so with Urias, I mean, we talked about it with Eno and Derek on the right, in Barrels podcast, like that new curveball or that new break or whatever you want to call it sure. is fantastic. And he he found the right mix there and his fastball command is still excellent. uh, It's just you start Urias every single time and you feel incredibly confident with that. Give him ace is going to ace.
1: Yeah, I don't blame you. I mean, watching that curveball just sometimes it seems like it sees so much of the zone before it just immediately falls out it's of the so zone. It's so beautiful. It really is an absolutely beautiful pitch to watch and it's something that we've hit on, you know, you and I and Michael Hedo and I have talked about it too, about the two seam curveball that seems to be coming into into uh, um Uh, uh, prominence right now, uh, especially in the Dodgers organization, 2.87 ERA, 2.82 FIP. You just love to see it. Some people might be quick to point out the 2.58 BABIP, even though it is a 2.9 career BABIP. That's a little bit tricky when you look at his sample size, but I will point out 2019 80 innings, 2.57 BABIP. 2020, 55 innings, 2.56 Babbitt. So don't think that this 2.58 Babbitt, even though it is a little bit further away from that career average, don't think that you know. I don't want people to look at that and say, oh yeah, he's he's going to regress, he's done, he's going to be a mid three. No, it, it's just not the case with him. Sure, that 0. 0.9 WHIP might not be sustainable over the course of the year, but he's never been a guy that's going to kill you in WHIP. So I don't know, man. I, I, I I'm fully with you. That's very exciting. Uh, the other one who pops into the top 20, it, this felt like destiny all along, really. Is Sandy Alcantara who rises two from 20 to 18. What brought you to that? decision i mean i understand if people
2: are thinking what come on nick like he's had he had a stretch of essentially 10 runs in three games and it's not really the uh the, the sandy hasn't really come to form quite yet but when i look at everybody else on the list i'm like you know what yeah sandy alcantara now he has two starts against arizona he is yeah. transforming himself into quite the stud uh, only one game of the season has been underneath six and uh, six innings and that changeup has a forty-three percent swing, forty-two percent zone rate, and a twenty-one percent swing strike rate. That is a money pitch mm. at ninety-one to ninety-three miles per hour. It's crazy. Ninety-one point five average for the season thus far, and he on the changeup on the changeup <laughs> for Sandy Alcantara. It's unbelievable. It's crazy. And meanwhile, his four-seamer has a thirteen percent swing strike rate. Uh, this is just how he gets guys out. Uh, he has a slider that he's comfortable throwing in the zone 45% of the time, has 32% CSW on its own with a 15% swing strike rate and 17% called strike rate. Yeah. I mean, this is, <laughs> this is great, and th- the fact that I talked about before with means going seven innings or so like you want to see volume, Sandy Alcantara could easily get 180 innings this year.
1: Yeah, well that, I agree. I mean, he's
2: averaging. His IPS is above six already. He just needs to get 30 starts, and I don't see a reason why the the Marlins, with their rotation already in not shambles, but they're hurt. Yeah. Uh, after that top three, it's very tough. I mean, you have Paul Campbell even getting suspended for 80 games after one start in the majors. Yeah. Uh, you need Alcantara as that rock, and he's going to be there the entire
1: year. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, all right, let's move on to the biggest risers, because there are a lot of them. This is this is the most risers we have had uh, so far this year on the list, which has been pretty exciting to see. So we're going to start with Jose Urquidy. He rises 10 from 54 to 44. Originally, it looked like he was going to be kind of a fastball slider guy this year, which was kind of bizarre. But then recently, that changeup kind of came back in a big way, especially in that most recent start against the Rays. 16.3% swinging strike rate, the highest of his now three-year career. It is getting hit a little bit more, though, as the pitch has been historically like a 250 WOBA pitch it's currently around 300 for Akiti right now he hadn't really been efficient with his pitches in his first couple starts I thought this was interesting which sounds funny because aside from the one start where Akiti walked three he's controlled the ball really well right and that's kind of been yeah. his MO for a while he's been really struggling to put guys away he has a 15.6 percent put away rate which is the eighth worst in baseball actually that that step might be incorrect the exact numbers but his put away rate is outside of the top 10 worst. So it's okay. like, it's it's not great. Yeah. And oh, for those unfamiliar with Put Away, weight, it's essentially like efficiency, right? How good is he not at getting to two strikes, but getting guys out with strikeouts when it gets to two strikes? Uh, and usually, I don't know if it always does. I, show, I shouldn't say usually, but what I saw with Arkady. I think he's top ten or top fifteen in foul balls. Like guys are just fouling him off left and right. Because and I, like, Fast, uh, for, are foul balls keeping you up at night again? <laughs> no, God, please, I'm not ready to go back <laughs> to, that, to that part of my life. I'm not. But it, it does beg the question, though. Like, I guess if I see a guy who's struggling a little bit with foul balls, I'm probably not going to be as concerned. Like, I, I want guys who are going to get to two strikes. Like that's the most important thing. Right. Um, it does concern me a little bit because I guess theoretically they could go either way like maybe uh, no, but I think overall like I want a guy who's gonna be getting to two strikes more so than anything because he'll figure out how to put away guys. uh yeah, I don't know if that really makes any sense. I mean, look
2: Arkedi is someone with four pitches mm-hmm. and the fact that recently he's finally come into throwing all four of them and embrace that change up like he used to yeah, makes me very excited. Yeah, this is someone who I think has a very high floor. Uh, Pitching for Houston as well, he'll get innings and wins. And that's pretty much it right here. Urquidy is just, yeah, all right, you figure things out a bit more in your last start. I feel more confident with this. Also more of an indication of just the, the constant shuffling that goes on. Uh, Passed around 45 or so or Orkidi I think over the next couple of Weeks is going to continue to rise
1: Yeah I agree with you so uh, the next riser was Danny Duffy we talked about he rose 13 from 58 to 45 I mean,
2: it's really seriously That f- it's like 94
1: yeah just keep Riding it I mean like it's, it's crazy it's yeah, it's fun to see. That's it. If you want to like,
2: is it really that big of a difference? Yes, it's that big of a difference. It makes it changes everything.
1: Yeah, I agree. And it's also fun. Like I, my favorite part about guys like Danny Duffy is like the things that you can never know at the beginning of the year, are like who are going to be the guys who right? are we don't know about, and it's Danny Duffy this year. Uh, <laughs> theoretically, you can also say this about Robbie Ray who rises seventeen from sixty-five to forty-eight. Fastball has often been his most consistent pitch, I guess, but then there are years where it's terrible. The fastball gains have been impressive—one from a 460 wOBA last year, 256 this year. Still think he hasn't figured out that slider yet. He's putting it in the zone a little bit too much. The swinging strike rate has plummeted in the zone and out of the zone. What do so, you think? So
2: I agree with you about. Uh, I, first of all, I do want to say the season-long stats of Robbie Ray just throw them away mm. because the last two starts are way different than anything else we've seen from Robbie Ray. And Interesting. That's four seamers inside the zone. I mean, just like hyper in the. Zone. Yeah, like pounding the zone. It, it's, it's absolutely crazy how well he's doing that, and that's everything. I mean, the last two starts, guess how many walks he has. And what, two and one? Zero. Mm. He has zero walks. Oh, this right. was after a six-walk game. Yeah. He has none because he's so good at getting four seamers now over the plate. He's on two starts in a row. He endured Dunedin.
1: Yeah.
2: Right? I, I mean, he's part of the Jays, after all. Uh, and against Atlanta as well, so he had 5Ks in that one, 9Ks against the Rays. yeah uh, Look, I think he's going to get even better because the breaking mm. balls are not there yet. That's interesting, right? Because once he has that four seamer all set up, mm-hmm. that's just like great. Now I just throw my slider, and my curveball down. And he hasn't actually done that effectively. No, no. But at all. his four seamers are so tough to hit right now. So and that's why he's having the success. He allowed five runs total across those two starts of at least six innings. I'm I'm excited about this. I feel like that's the thing we've been waiting for with Robbie Ray. Like stop walking, guys. Stop being so erratic and inefficient. And now that Ray is actually being efficient, then he can unlock the next step of getting that's those sliders and curveballs down.
1: I hear you. I, I personally, I don't think I'm a little as optimistic. The home run issues are still there. Oh um, yeah. And, oh yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying this me. is he's an ace now. Yeah. But I mean, before we we're like,
2: I want to avoid this entirely. You should, and I'm yeah. like. No, 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 no. I'm picking up Robbie Ray everywhere because this actually could turn into something very legit.
1: But I think what I'm saying is you're saying that, I mean, I think you just said the best could still literally be yet to come from him, from Robbie Ray. Like, we should see him get better. yeah. And I I personally don't know if we are because, I like, 237 BABIP, like, left on base rate 94%. Like, he's still getting up the home runs. The slider is still getting hit real hard. I mean, I do agree that, like, if he can, like, be like, okay, I can get the slider out of the zone a little bit more. Or if they turn him into, like, a fastball curveball guy, which they could do. It doesn't really matter what the second pitch is to me,
2: because like, the fastball is that. It, dominant. The fastball is just doing it. Mm. I mean, I'm not. I'm, I'm talking like seventy percent usage in his last start. Like that. That's what made the start. I mean, yes, he had a curveball for forty four percent CSW, but that's because he threw f- four of them for strikes, essentially, in nine total. You know, mm. like there's. It's right there for Robbie Ray, and it starts with that foundation that we've been shouting for ages. Hey, please throw your fastball in the zone. He's throwing at 96 on average. Yeah, that's wild. Not the 93, 94. Remember when we were excited about this last year when he had the new arm angle and we go, oh my God, he's touching 96. He's averaging 96. Robbie yeah. Ray is doing that with fastballs and they're in the zone and they're so hard to hit.
1: No, definitely. it It is really impressive to like, see. it looks like 74% the 74% zone
2: rate it's, on his yeah. last start. But
1: sometimes that can be bad, right? I mean, can't, sure, but I would rather many. take this, and this hmm. was against Atlanta in Dunedin. Yeah, that was big, which, you know, it's funny because my biggest problem with Dunedin was home runs, and he still gave up a home run. He gave
2: up one, but I think it was in his last inning against Albies, and I was like, oh, and it was actually like inside. It was a weird... It's like ah, you almost had like a complete pristine start.
1: Sure, I gotta take a look at it. I was tweeting today about like guys coming over the coming over the plate more like heart zone. Right, I remember this? Yeah, and he like it seems like he's gonna be one of those dudes who's doing it. It's really interesting. It seems like guys are just like okay, find the zone and then just dominate it. Right. You know what so I mean? so
2: there's two others on the list that I will uh, I guess I'll hint at, mm-hmm. but uh, Dylan sees and Garrett Richards all of a sudden started doing it too.
1: It's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean so like I think,
2: screw it, I'm gonna stop nibbling. I'm just gonna do this and beat me. Yeah, and then, like they aren't getting beat on
1: it. I know I'm. I'm really curious to to under what do what are your thoughts on why that may be happening? Because like I don't think we can say guys are struggling to catch up to velo because major league hitters if if it's under a hundred they can catch up to that velo in my mind, especially sure. more times through the order. So I personally don't think that's the main reason for it. There it could be a contributor. What do you think is the is the reason that guys are having more success over the heart of the plate? In the month of April, than they have been in past Aprils for the past well, six years. There is a
2: consistency to the guys that are doing it, mm-hmm. and it is velocity. I mean, traditionally, when we think of like card of the plate meatballs and stuff. You know, we think of that Trevor Williams pitch to Nick Castellanos the other day, and that was at ninety or so. Sure, right. And, the, and we're talking like Garrett Richards, who's throw is hard. Robbie Ray, ninety six. Dylan Cease does not throw soft. Mm-hmm. Right. That's those are the guys that I'm okay doing it. You can get away with it. Max Scherzer has gone away with it for years. Mm-hmm right like Justin Verlander too I mean those guys because those guys had good fastballs I think that's the main thing for me is that these guys have good fastballs but they just I don't know they know—they—they—they they got you know they were too afraid to essentially throw it over the plate as much as they are and I will also say each one of those guys has a good breaking ball too yeah and that does help amplify a, a fastball over the middle of the plate because they're thinking about that secondary pitch too.
1: It, it is really interesting and it's also, it, it's just an April sample size that we're looking at and we're but we're also looking at an April sample size historically, right? We're looking at April from the past couple of months so there is something certifiably different that is going on right. you know what I mean? Yep. So it is interesting I, I, I'm curious to see how hitters are going to adjust it. it, it the, the thing that's exciting to me about it is like, it's another foundational rule of baseball that we're starting to have to question a little bit more sure, where yeah. it's like don't go over the heart of the plate as much because guys are going to destroy it and it's like, well if you've got nine and you've also got a killer splitter or a killer knuckleball or a killer slider, you're fine. I I will also say that the main thing about all the three
2: of these, obviously so, is that their book is that they don't do this, Mm. and guys are going to be more passive because of that. So I do wonder if they constantly do this, then maybe it changes and they go, okay, wait, no, that's what he's doing now, get ready to swing, as opposed to just letting, you know, taking a fastball down the middle.
1: Which organization do you think... I didn't think I tweeted about this. Which organization leads the league in terms of starters attacking the heart of the plate? Which staff leads the league in heart rate? Okay, so... Heart they're, rate. <laughs> <laughs> they're beating out of their minds! Uh, Oh, that's a good
2: question. I'm going to guess that it's a team that's having a lot of success this year with their pitching staff.
1: Yes, definitely.
2: Um, I, I'll put it this way. It's not a surprise. There's, no, It's not a gotcha team. I... Not the Padres, uh, a team that's not walking anybody.
1: Um, I should know this. Uh, Marlins. No, it is the Dodgers. Oh, it is the Dodgers. The Dodgers are yeah, attacking okay. the heart of the plate yeah. more so than ever this year. Interesting. Uh, uh, I, I think a lot of it's Bueller.
2: Bueller does that a lot. Bueller and Bauer. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and probably Kershaw as well, and probably Urias. He can just attack the zone with that four seamer and just sure. put that curveball wherever he wants. Dustin to. May certainly did. Yeah, exactly. It's really fascinating to see. I love stuff like that. The team, one of the best pitching staffs in the league, having success doing it in a different way because they can get it. away with it. Yeah, exactly. Because they got great Cal stuff. Hendricks can't. <laughs> a lot of guys, sadly, also cannot get away with it. Yes, uh, Christian Avia rises eleven from sixty to forty nine. Yeah. So I don't know. I didn't really
2: love this one, but it's. <laughs> Uh, well this is just what happens. It's like the 50s show up and
1: it's just uh, and, and kids are putting their hair up and they're listening to rock music, you know maybe what I mean? Finally someone understands.
2: <laughs> you know No, Christian Javier a week ago, I was really excited because all of a sudden this breaking ball was getting whiffs. And he was using it to get whiffs. Mm. And it's like, yes, it should because it gets a lot of movement. but it, it kind of fell away the last two starts. It wasn't not it was like it wasn't ineffective. He just wasn't the big whiff pitch. Now, you could say, like, oh, it's four-seamer upstairs. That is the whiff pitch. And all the breaker needs to do is get strikes. And actually, that's worked for the most part. So I think Christian Javier is hes interesting. It's like I, I feel okay starting him. I feel like he could be that bigger, you know, the whiff-heavy guy with that breaking ball. But uh, in the meantime, it's like, yeah, I'm fine with it. Yeah. And sure, I'm happy you have a little bit more upside. All right. You know, it's, it's something I, I wanted to be more
1: excited about, it, especially breaking to that high. But it's just like, yeah. I feel safe with this, I guess. Okay, that fits there. Um, Shamanaya rises 10 from 63 to 53. Last five starts now, over 29 innings pitched, 2.48 ERA with a 2.42 FIP. He hasn't gotten any quality starts in his past couple starts. His last most recent quality start was against the Twins, seven innings pitched. Although, he did, even with that 2.48 ERA and 2.42 FIP, the majority of that came against the Orioles this past week. Five innings pitched, four earned runs, no walks. Five Ks. So uh, why the uh, why the rise there, despite the four and run performance against the O's? Yeah, it's something I probably should have done last week uh, with Sean Mania.
2: I wasn't giving him enough credit for throwing about ninety one miles per hour now, which is really good for Sean Mania, especially when he was hovering ninety or even lower last year. Uh, and he's getting whiffs. I mean, the, the the changeup's doing much better. Yes, he just struggled against uh, your Orioles, mm-hmm. uh, which is a little bit frustrating. But I do think over the long haul like my night is in a much better place than I was giving him credit so he deserved to get the raise
1: oh no it looks like it just broke like an hour ago it looks like Dustin May is gonna have Tommy John yeah I didn't see that you already saw that no but I had a feeling that's what it would be yep it looks like that he's going to go stinks, undergo man. right elbow you
0: just,
2: just figured it out you know man that that
1: stinks that does he was gonna have the yeah,
2: haven't rostered ton- Tony Gonsolin yet y'all should is he coming back soon? Uh, they're stretching him out to about five innings or so, and they'll be starting then. And David Price is on the IL yeah. for a long time. God, man, I wonder if sucks. Josiah Gray is going to
1: get a chance. That'll be fun. He's good to watch, but he's I'm still wonderful. not. I know. I'm trying to be positive. I know. I know. It sucks. Yeah, just sucks. It really man, does. he's so much fun to watch. <clears throat> Oh, man, that stinks. All right, uh, let's jump back into the list. Chris Bassett rises 10 from 64 to 54. This is what we talked about
2: like a month ago or so, right? Or uh, three weeks ago. Bassett had two bad starts. And I was like, back up the list. You're like, why? What is going on? I'm like, he gets good schedules now. And he's been taking advantage of it. Yeah. And that, it's that simple. Now, okay, that's fine with me. But now, shouldn't he go down, right? Because he might get a worse schedule now? Yeah. Yeah, it's not such a
1: bad schedule ahead for him. I think this is like kind of like overall, he should be good. No, I I don't have any problem with where you're putting him because he's doing what I wanted Marco Gonzalez to do, which is like mm. be a ratio guy who's not going to get you a bunch of K's. He just but got he's got eight K's over the weekend. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, mm. against the Orioles. Huh? Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, next up, guy. Of course, we're always excited to talk about Shohei Otani rises thirteen <laughs> from seventy to fifty-seven. I mean, this is really just a restructuring
2: of everything else. I didn't even like thirteen
1: spots, Nick. That's don't do that. <laughs>
2: It's more of like, okay, where are the tiers of stability and upside and everything like that? And where does he fall inside of it? And that's just where showing like, and I would say that I didn't make, I did adjust him slightly, not 13, but it was like maybe like five mentally mm-hmm. uh, of like, okay, cool. This should be when he uh, gets into rhythm. And then of course, like the elbow thing came out like yeah. right after I did it and I decided not to move him. But I hope like tomorrow or, or day after he gets to start, maybe they just need one day of rest.
1: Yeah, these are these are my out loud qualms, not with your ranking, but with Otani that I just keep reinforcing. Twenty one percent walk rate, one point three nine FIP, four point one innings per start, okay. just three starts. Uh okay. and then oh, even with all that, right? Like, how do you expect a guy who's having command issues to fix his command issues when he is batting every day and not focusing on the command issues and then has the liability of, oh, he got hit on the elbow on an elbow guard. <laughs> on an elbow guard. And they're still like, okay, we're probably going to take it easy with him. I I just like that's a good argument. I mean, he can't fix things if he's
2: not getting in rhythm routine. I thought he was going to get in rhythm routine. Now this would be his third straight start uh, in that routine. This would have been his third straight start in that routine.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. It's just like I just can't. I I just I I maybe second. I'm sorry. Yeah, because remember, he was like, oh, here's his first start, and they're like, okay, we're gonna push back this one because he's got a blister, and right. it's like, oh, he's still dealing with the blister a yeah, little bit, right, and then right, he had right. then then he had back to back starts. I just think it's gonna be that. It he's he's the hipster king, man. He's the headache inducing pitcher who stifles your what is it? The headache- entire roster. Entire roster. I just yeah. think. For, for, and listen, I, I I hate to sound negative about him because I do believe he is on a, like arguably the best person for the sport right now. You sure, know what I yeah. mean like he is a blast to watch and I love talking about him but
2: mm. it just kills me. So uh, so wait, well, you said uh sub 100 innings, right? I said sub 100 innings yeah, and yeah. he is currently at 13 multiply it by 6 we're at like uh ni- 88 or so or 78. Yeah. Okay. So I,
1: I still we'll don't see, think yeah, he's we'll going to surpass
2: we'll yeah, 100. Yeah, right, yeah you might yeah. be right. Yeah. <laughs> I still, I,
1: yeah. <laughs> like I just think there's going to be a time where after <laughs> a few injuries they're like, you know, he's just going to I what I think they should do, honestly, is let him throw out of the pen. The splitter is one of the best pitches is, yeah, in yeah, this, baseball. This is
2: a very popular take. I'm not necessarily against it.
1: It 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 just makes sense to yeah. me. Like I understand that you want It's fun and it, it's ticket sales and all that stuff. But like, man, if he can come out of relief, I think it solves so many issues. Michael Pineda, and it's still just as exciting. And you can theoretically get him more You know what I mean mm-hmm. Then every night is Is Otani going to pitch just
2: tried to pull out of it Like nah, nah I to <laughs> <go> back <laughs>
1: Just not <taunted>, I mean <laughs> is a bad thing Michael Bonita Rice is 19
2: from 68 to 59 uh, Last week he had That's just thrown 19. a start That didn't have his uh, slider okay. uh, And all of a sudden now it's back So hey welcome back Michael Pineda. Welcome back.
1: I, I just did my math totally wrong there. And uh, now I'm pointing it out. Maybe people didn't ignore it. I don't know. Uh, Madison Bumgarner rises 12 from 74 to 62. Yeah, Madison Bum- Bumgarner is only 91. And now he gets Miami twice. It's almost like we shouldn't have completely written him off last year because of one bad. Well, it year. was
2: funny. We got excited. I remember, and then he stunk. Us, I remember us even like uh, with labor. We were, like, planning it. We're like, oh, maybe we should do Bumgarner because he's up at 91. But then we looked at the schedule, and we're like, oh, no. This is, like, the worst schedule, which it was. Yeah. And now, and then we could have gotten him, whatever, nowadays.
1: Uh, but he just got Rocky Road, took care of that. Mm-hmm. And now it's Miami twice. It's nice. Yeah, it is nice. Uh Domingo Herman rises 25 from 81 to 66.
2: I mean, did you did you follow this? Where he threw ninety ninety-one when he came back from the alternate site was terrible. So I put him all the way down to 89, because I was like, well, okay, this isn't good. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, he's starting about 94. Mm. And it's like, what? You can do this again now? I thought that was the little bad is- thing, and then you didn't. Okay. All right, so now he's back up.
1: That's weird. There you go. Um, <laughs> I, that's the thing, too. Like, we can talk about this until our faces turn blue, but yeah. like sometimes we, we, you just don't know what goes on in the front office. You don't know. No idea. Know. And I mean, with a lot of these shifts, I mean, I, I do this for four hours mm-hmm. with
2: everybody on Twitch. Now, seriously 12 o'clock to four o'clock I'm talking about all these ranks talking with everybody telling you who I'm th- we're gonna raise lower and stuff and there's a lot of really good discussions uh and it sounds kind of crazy like every single week there's all of these shifting parts but when you think about it it's like right these are like the extra little bits of information oh yeah Domingo Hermon throwing harder okay we have to adjust how we feel about them that's all of these guys and yeah. it's just you can't predict what it's gonna be Pineda's not gonna uh, Pineda's not gonna have a slider oh Oh, wait, no, it's back. Okay, cool, great. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah,
1: okay, cool. (laughs) You know, it's just how it works, so it's going to happen every week. Yep. Um, Kyle Gibson rises 13 from 80 to 67. Two earned runs over 12 starts against Boston and I Chicago. I mean, look at his smile. Can you hold it back anymore? Well, I don't think so. I, I, I am happy that, that what I thought about Gibson was right. But listen, the Ks are still the aren't there. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, in, oh, hey, man. I'm just messing with All you. Right. Yeah, yeah. The, the Ks are not there, which is frustrating. The walks have started to rise a little bit, which makes me think that guys. I've got another person. <laughs> it's to not lie. too much. It's not many bullet points. I, I, I'm i worried that guys are gonna, starting to wait him out a little bit more with the, with the walks coming up a little bit. Uh-huh. I really do genuinely believe that that cutter could be a legitimate difference maker. Do you for him. think this is a season-long thing? Um, I don't think he is a high-4 ERA pitcher anymore. Oh, so, okay. I mean, from this point, mm-hmm.
2: forget about everything that just happened, right? Yeah. From here on, mm-hmm. what is his ERA? What's
1: his ERA? 3.8. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, think, I, I think, I believe in the cutter. Mm-hmm. I believe in what that does for him. I believe in pitching in Texas and what that does for home run suppression. Um... With that said, is he an incredible fantasy asset? Not necessarily because of the wins, right? Uh, I, I still think he's a nice guy to keep in the back end of your rotation. It's he's also, a nice guy. You know, he just, just nice, gives you a nice He does genuinely yeah. seem like a very nice guy. I imagine guy. he is. Um, he He's, uh, he's not going to give you a lot of Ks, which makes him more of an ERA whip kind of dude. Uh, and that does make it a little bit scarier. Like, you really want Kyle Gibson. But I, I just do think that 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 cutter can be really beneficial the the slider is back up to a 23 percent swing strike rate which is nice to see because last year was at 15 he just lost the pitch so it is nice to see that he can do that
2: yeah it was a two out of 21 whiffs on the slider on his last start the main mm-hmm. thing about that last one was it was better command than the white Sox one like okay. that was the best i've ever i've seen well not ever seen but seen this season of kyle gibson was that last one which is very encouraging yeah uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to be that good. with I mean, it was amazing pitch separation. We're talking sinkers inside to a right-handers, a cutters inside to left-handers, yeah. four-seamers well-located up and into left-handers. The whole thing that you want, avoiding the heart effectively and get things moving in different directions. I don't know if Kyle Gibson is the guy that can constantly do that. Yeah, uh, We've seen him before go in and out of things. You know, the member in 2019, I mean, Kyle Gibson, Maybe I think it was 19, maybe 18. Was when he had that amazing season, and that was that was something he had like spurts, and he did that too. Um, I'm a little little annoyed that we're not getting that 20 like five percent swing strike rate slider that we used to have. 23 is not far off. I mean. Uh, yeah, that, I hear what you're, you're saying. Overall, it's you're, not You're 100 percent right. Uh, I guess in the start where he has the best command, to only see two out of 21 is very
1: annoying totally. to me. Yeah, that's why that's where I'm going with that. And that was the thing too in 2018. The 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 ups was like, wow, look at that slider. That slider is fantastic. It's getting a lot of whiz for him. Sure, he was putting it down and into lefties like all the time. And that's what I like. Maybe that's why I'm still kind of excited to hold on to him because that pairs with that cutter so well. Kyle Gibson is not Corbin Burns. He really doesn't even need to be in the same sentence as him. Sure. But still, that pairing can be really exciting. So I've been happy he hasn't stunk since I've been talking about him in the past two weeks. We'll see what it looks like in the next two yeah, weeks. Yeah, I mean. It's a Vargas rule. You keep starting
2: Gibson until he gives you a good reason not to, and the fact that he had his best, I think, his best outing last time
1: is very encouraging. Yeah. Uh, and I think his next start's against the Twins, so it's not like the scariness goes away, sadly. Just give me like one nice, easy start for Kyle Gibson. Give him the Orioles again. Uh, uh, there Adam, you go. Easy. No problem. Yeah. Adam Wainwright, I mean, this is another guy who's like, it's just insane. He rises 20 from 88 to 68. Not, It's not insane that he's rising. It's just insane that he's rising because his performances are so,
2: you know, above average. It's wild. I mean, his curveballs and cutters are once again doing amazing, amazing things. It's that simple. Now he's a two-start week, starting with the Mets who, I mean, sure they had eight earned runs yesterday. Sorry, eight runs that they hit in yesterday, but still, I don't really trust the Mets offense yet. Like, they're not the the elite offense we thought they were at the beginning of the year. Depends who the umpires are. There you go. Or if DeGrom is pitching or not. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And And he does have a two-start week, so. Last three starts, seven strikeouts, ten strikeouts, eight strikeouts
1: for Adam Wainwright. Mm. I mean, hi, what's up? You're starting him. It's crazy. It is crazy. It's also just, uh, I mean, obviously the complete game last time out and then seven innings the game before that. The first couple Look, games, it was a little bit different, so I don't know if we're going to keep getting that. But You want to hear the
2: stats on the curveball. It's a 40% CSW. Wow. 47.5% O swing, uh, 46% zone rate, and yes, Ka-ching! 20% swing strike rate. See, that curveball, he's throwing the 33% of the time.
1: That's interesting to hear because sometimes curveballs can be a little bit misleading in terms of CSW because if a guy like Dylan Bundy use him primarily for, not sure. primarily, but use him to get called strike. So to see that it's not just called strikes, oh, that there's a good amount of swing strikes. No, in yeah,
2: twenty percent called strikes to go with it. Like what? That's beautiful. That's,
1: that's such, it's it's his thing, it's and you can does. see that now on FanGraphs because CSW is on there, which is insane. Oh yeah,
2: but I'm doing this on ours because it's amazing. Our oh. player pages are
1: so good. They are very good, they are, and they, they are are really look gorgeous. gorgeous and well. they have
2: the SP roundups. Inside of it,
1: that was a new thing about two weeks ago,
2: a week uh, ago? about a week ago. Yeah, yeah. If you guys are, if you guys are curious, like, hey, I, I want to be able to see all the blurbs written about a guy in one place. You can inside of the player pages. Go to mm. uh, pitchers. slash player slash Adam hyphen Wainwright. Pretty easy to follow. Yeah, you can go down to the game logs and it expands, and there, there it is. That's the beautiful thing that I wrote. Probably, I'm sorry, the terrible thing that I wrote no, about no, no. that guy. No, no, it's all right.
1: Have some pride yeah. in that. That's nice. Eh. Um, Dylan sees is twenty one from ninety six to seventy five. The roller coaster continues for Dylan Cease.
2: Well, Dylan Cease has his best command again. Like he all of a sudden is throwing now fastballs in the middle of the plate, and now mm. it's making his slider good. That's it just was so weird, funny, but now I guess the Reds and I'm like, I don't know if I'm gonna do that yet. But can you do it again, please?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's pretty much it. Speaking of tighter command, Griffin Canning rises twenty-one from ninety-seven to seventy-six. His most recent start that strike mm. zone plot was like literally exactly what you want to see. I mean, you want to talk about pitch separation? What's the name of that um that 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 craft in Star Wars where it's like a, a triangle where it like goes one wing goes up and the other two wings go left and right? You know what I'm talking about? I think it's it, it's uh, the Rebels don't use it. The other I'm not even a big Star Wars. The fan. Rebel? Oh man! It's the uh uh. It's the uh, I don't know. I don't know what those are called. Uh, anyway. First of all, I that's what it Starcraft, like. no not Star Wars. Wars. I'm like, my God. Uh, the Rebels. I'm going to look up what this is called. You talk about Griffin Canning.
2: <laughs> I mean, Griffin Canning, look, he had a fantastic start in the last time out against the Mariners. Took full advantage of them. Uh, he had 12 whiffs on the four-seamer as he was peppering the top of that zone. And that's incredible to see from Griffin Canning. Uh, normally, he nibbles a lot with it, but not in this one. And he had seven whiffs to go with those 12 uh, on his four-seamer. So, seven slider whiffs, 12 four-seamer whiffs. That's good. That's just really good.
1: That's I'm, it. That's I'm cons- all I got. I'm consumed. I I I can I, I don't even I don't even know what to, like look I think it's what like Darth Vader arrives <laughs> in i am losing it's my Imperial mind. It, it, uh, imp- transport shuttle Star Wars Imperial
0: I
2: know what you're talking about and then do? it opens up yes. it's, it's always where that, yeah it's the one that Darth Vader is always in Yeah
1: it, it is right Yeah it is it is it's the it's the legacy Star Wars Imperial shuttle oh You're you're, you're yeah, I, I the strike zone so looks I got like you did imp- you did you really <laughs> did and that's what it, it, it was the fastballs up it's the sliders away the change in. It looks like the Imperial shuttle. That's Amazing. his new nickname. I, I, like
2: Dave Sherman's like yelling at us
1: as, yeah, as we're going through. It's the Imperial shuttle. I think <laughs> it, there's a different. I think we need the Blake Snell blueprint and the Imperial shuttle, which oh my God. Oh is my pretty God. unbelievable. That, that's fantastic. Oh, a Star Wars. Fan. I mean,
2: look. I think Andrew Heaney does the same thing. So yeah, yeah. if you want to talk about like the angels doing that,
1: yeah, his is a little bit messier. His is like. Uh, like Griffin Cannings was a, a Star Wars Lego Imperial shuttle made by like a proficient 30 year old oh my God. whereas uh, Andrew Heaney's is like a 4 year old who's like learning Legos for the first time where it like doesn't look quite right but you get the idea uh, David Love Peterson it. nailed you. it nailed it fast. <laughs> I see the image it's beautiful on the canvas of my mind uh, we don't have to talk about David Peterson we already talked about him but he rose 10 from 100 to 90 let's move on to the biggest fallers not a large Uh-oh. list this week oh it's good much more truncated my falls 10 from 28 to 30. Thirty-eight. It just keeps. What, getting what are you doing s- with Kenton Maya? There's nothing Someone said, "Do I drop him? No, you just gotta hold and hope he turns it around. The, the upside is still there until when? B- what? Put him on your bench.
2: No, no. Here, the answer is this week. It's the Rangers and the Tigers. And if and I, mean, he I feel like I feel like this is the week of like, look, are we? Are what are we doing here? You know, if you can't you can't figure it out by then. I will say his last start did feel a little bit encouraging with those changeups.
1: So I think this is the week we turn it around. Yeah. I I I'm I I just put remain it on the board perpetually optimistic. Yeah, put it on the board for Let's go Maeda. Maeda As we look to a board that doesn't exist. It absolutely exists. What are you talking about? That nope. board right there. Oh, he's lying to me, unless now I'm starting to hallucinate in the murder room. Um, <laughs> why <are> you, <laughs> I built this for you. <laughs> okay. That's what a murderer says. A creepy murderer when oh he puts God. someone in the this room and then with. the person's like, why am I here? And the crazy murderer's like, I built this for you. Uh, Kyle Hendricks falls. Refuse to look you in the eye during <laughs> the entire thing.
2: Kyle Hendricks falls 13 from 42 to 55. I mean, Kyle Hendricks, it's different with Hendricks than it is, say, like Castillo and Maeda, who, by the way, I didn't lower Castillo. I think a lot of people were like, what What were you doing? But I made it a a larger tier where theoretically Mm. he could be moving. But I very much believe that Castillo is going to be fine um, over time. And we've seen this before from him where he struggles in April. Maybe it's a little bit cold or whatever. It's just not there. But his stuff is way too good. And I I really do not think this is a sustained thing of uh, failure for Luis Castillo.
1: Someone on Twitter brought up a good point. I haven't been able to research it yet, but I'm going to say it. Uh, where he was like, I, I, I was watching the last start. He gets ahead to two strikes and then he just messes around a bit and lets mm. guys right back into the sure, trail. Yeah, yeah. And that's then, an
2: adjustable thing.
1: It is. It definitely is. That's, not, thought...
2: that's not an innate skill set problem. Right? Yeah, definitely. That, 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 that to me is much more encouraging. I really just I just don't believe that Castillo all of a sudden. I mean, his slider sure isn't being the amazing pitch we want it to be and He doesn't have the pristine fastball command yet, but it's changeup still doing its thing he still has the velocity like this is something that just gets figured out over time i'm very confident about that my right? we just talked about it. with hendricks though we've always said that he has such a small margin for error and what his biggest skill set is is his command is always there yeah and it's not now and that's pretty scary yeah i uh, it's he it doesn't have his changeup or his curveball either to help him get out of it it's it's not a good situation it could be something that Continues to be bad for a little bit. I'm not going to rule out the fact that Hendricks could turn it around, but I think there's a lower chance of it's harder uh, for him
1: to climb that hill than the other two. Okay. Um. I also just remembered I need to be creating these notes by tier, which I didn't do today, and I said I was going to oh. do last week, but once, or I'm it moving forward. Jordan Montgomery falls 12 from 51 to 63. Uh, Jordan Montgomery does not have that money pitch for him. Ka-ching. We
2: need the opposite of that. Uh, he doesn't have it. Yeah, yeah. I need that in like yeah.
1: reverse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, perfect. Okay, great. Even
2: better. <laughs> sorry. Uh but right. He doesn't have that one Pitch it's like, oh cool, this is what I'm gonna throw to get you out. Yeah. You know, and, and that I think is a problem for, for Montgomery when you know he's necessarily falling behind a guy. I'm like, is it I guess it's a cutter inside or something? And it just doesn't do it enough. Yeah. Uh the thing that may has made me excited about Montgomery over the years has been the the plethora of options that do good things curveballs should miss a lot of bats change up when it's working is great you know he's increases velocity 92 cutters are should be an effective pitch but none of them
1: like he's always laboring through it and he hasn't quite figured this out yet yeah um. What is my biggest issue with Tristan McKenzie? What do I say every single time we talk about Tristan McKenzie? Do you remember? Know. No. His platoon I don't, splits. He I don't, cannot I don't get listen to anything. I don't listen to a <laughs> word you say, dude. Uh, Tristan McKenzie fell twelve from fifty-two to sixty-four. My biggest issue with him since last year, and it is this year, is his uh, splits against lefties. He cannot get lefties out. Let's look at these platoon splits, okay? He's got a two eighty-two woba. No, it's not. A two eighty two Woba and a three oh six slugging against righties. That is very, very nice, even though I said that kind of backwards because usually slugging first. Mm. Against lefties, uh he has a six thirty three slugging, so that's double the slugging that he has against righties and a four sixty three Woba. He does not have a pitch to get left handed hitters out yet. He has not been great on the road either, although I don't buy into that as much, but yeah, it's just not been pretty so far for me. Double the slugging. Double the slugging, yeah. double the power. Things you don't want to hear in terms of a pitcher.
2: Yeah. So Tristan McKenzie, I think it's actually kind of simple. I uh, he has not been able to get into rhythm yet, like whatsoever. Uh, even with the secondary pitches too. And I, I'm not, I'm not in disagreement with you about like, yeah, this is a problem with lefties, and he still has to figure that out. I. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he is way better than what he is right now. Okay. Uh, and he hasn't, he hasn't really gotten a a chance to I don't know, get his innings. Uh, he came up. He was like, oh, we're going to start you or we're not, but you're going to go only a couple innings over here. Then, okay, we're going to skip you here. Then you're going to go here. Like, this is this is a guy, if you want to talk about Alex Thinkfast, who's arrived. Mm-hmm. Like, Tristan McKenzie, all you need are just innings. You're fine. Your mechanics are fine. Like, your fastball is going to perform well overall. You do have a good slider and a curveball. We saw it last year. It hasn't really been here so far. Yes, you aren't going to be the greatest pitcher ever, and your biggest weakness is going to be lefties. You're going to have to figure that out with that curveball and slider. Still, you are a good enough pitcher that you should be on the list. Eventually, you'll figure this out as you get more time. He also hasn't not had a good schedule. Yeah, uh, at all. He's had He just had the White Sox over the weekend, which we knew not to start because he isn't in rhythm yet, and it's the White Sox. It did not go well, but that's the sentiment I had during the SP roundup was, hey, we, we just got to wait a little bit. We know this is happening. If you don't want to hold on to that, that's fine. Go drop him get other things that you want but as the list goes like you guys see that none of those uh, guys below him are necessities so if you want to stash a guy you have McKenzie if you want to just get streamers and stuff you can drop McKenzie it's okay
1: yeah, I I will say too. It looks like he's gonna have time to figure it out because when you look at,
2: there's no way he's gonna get replaced.
1: Yeah, I mean theoretically, Logan Allen's out of the rotation right. in the minors, but between it's him and Sam Henkes, I think is is how his last name is pronounced. So I apologize if I'm butchering that. Uh, so he has got glad a, you tried and not me. <laughs> he's got a, he's got a little bit of a leash there, so he's gonna have plenty of time to figure it out. Uh, Stephen Matz falls ten from sixty one to seventy one. Yeah, 71.
2: Matz was a bit of a Vargas rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't really believe in the overall repertoire that speak to a huge amount of K rates or anything like that. He's kind of a Toby and that's okay. And uh, yeah you drop because of that. Ryan Weathers falls 20 from 59 to 79. Man this is funny so I got so excited about Ryan Weathers not only because he came up has this really nice fastball and slider combination but he's already throwing 90 pitches. This is great. This is wonderful and now you're going to get this playing time for the Padres. It's such a great situation and then all of a sudden he has that start where he's throwing like 3 miles per hour slower. All the spin rates are down. He gets pulled on the first. We don't know his condition. And let's let's just say that he's all right, and he's going to start the next time. He's not going to go ninety pitches. No, they're going to say I... like you got skipped or whatever. So then now let's just say it's like sixty pitches. Well then he's got to work into that, and now I'm not nearly as excited. I don't even know if he's going to pitch that that game or not
1: so yeah it's a lot of uh, headache and stuff so he goes down the list I mean hindsight's 2020 20. I was not as excited about Ryan Weathers last week and I think another good point I wasn't last week, Listen, uh, to I, I'm just like, again yeah, but you watch that start it was so good I know and I like listen two great starts against the Dodgers you know even though they've been struggling a little bit offensively it was still very dominant and it didn't look like it was because of them It looked like it was because of Weathers but it was the same point that I had last week he'd never pitched above high a like uh-huh. and I, I, one of the things that came to light then is well what's his sustainability going to look like if he's well, never pitched above a how- are you saying that based on injury at the injury was the new thing that came into the equation yeah, yeah where it okay. was like maybe there's more of an injury concern that even i had anticipated well, right right week. right but i mean
2: at the time we didn't think there was any sort of injury problem
1: no and i think i should have not ignored that i yeah, should have okay. looked at you're the saying, single a and so been you're like saying
2: like single a if you're making that jump there's a higher injury risk
1: not even necessarily but we've never seen a large sample over a full season for him even in a sure so that to me could have been like, it wasn't at the time, but it could have been an, a, a red flag for him. My concern about h- him just coming up from IA was just being able to adapt overall. So I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not taking a victory lap on this. The man got hurt. I don't think you are. Yeah. yeah. But still, I, yeah, I wasn't feeling, I was a little under the weathers. Nailed it. AO uh, Mike Miner falls 15 from 81 to 96.
2: I mean, he's throwing 91 now, not 93 or so. And he didn't wasn't able to take advantage of the easy
1: schedule he just had. What a dangus. Um, all right, let's so are to the new boys. Why, why would you? <laughs> he is. There's nothing else I got to say about that, man. Max Freed returns. He's back, baby, and he comes right at number 31.
2: Yeah, it's not as high as he would have been relative. Like, if this is Max Freed from the preseason now and you see everyone else that's in the 20s or so, you would think, like, oh, Max Freed, because of all those injuries, would be, like, at 18 or something by now. Yeah. Just because of innately, like, where he was in the preseason and then everyone else got hurt and removed. But, you know, Max Freed, all right, is still ill on Wednesday. That means you're not starting him. It's injury list layover. Uh, so after that start You should feel good With Max Reed You should be yeah. fine Shane McClanahan
1: man So good Did Shane Manahan You freaked out too right I, I mean that first Two innings Before I mean, he got hit A little believable. bit or, I mean that first fastball At 101 Woo. That looked Almost looked like a two seamer Was like It was insane Woo. It was insane
2: It was oh, I was I mean I'm still making noises It's amazing
1: Yeah Crazy. I mean I, I remember too Like being like Wow this fastball sliders And then he threw in a curveball I was yeah, like, You've got to be
2: kidding me He also threw a 90 mile per hour Changeup <laughs> It's unbelievable. I
1: mean, it was, it was, it was nuts. It's unbelievable, it, it, and you know what? At, like, it, I mean, you obviously can say why he went from unranked to fifty-eight, but at the end of the day, well, let's let me do this. Yeah, let's say he's on any other team where we do not need to worry about him getting pulled for for Luis Patino or whatever, sure. and he's going six innings every day. Where is he?
2: Oh man, I. Forties, thirties. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I can't be that aggressive so soon. But this is
1: mid. We'll say a high, a low. Of, 50s, Think of right? my excitement for six. 0 last year, okay, great. That's the same thing. Great. And um, just to reiterate for those listening, that's not going to happen. No. <laughs> the Rays are going to raise him. I, I will say.
2: Uh, the, I I will say they are saying he is a starter. Yeah, and a starter. But that's like, probably
1: three to four innings each outing.
2: I uh, I don't know. I think they're at least suggesting that he's gonna. He's uh, like he could go five or so. Um, so Maybe. I mean that's good, and that's kind of why he's there. If I thought it was three or four, he wouldn't be inside the t- top sixty.
1: Okay. I mean, very exciting, and I'm very excited to watch him keep going. Another guy, you and I, I mean, we saw him at the Arizona Fall League. We were blown away by him. his velocity. I talked to him, and he was a super cool dude oh, like, and yeah. very uh, very knowledgeable about analytics. And that's Daniel Lynch, who goes from unranked to 73. By the time you are hearing this, listen, if he blew up, Nick and I have always hated him. But if he did <laughs> great, Nick and I have been touting his skills for years. Uh, he, he's going to debut tonight. I believe it's against the Cleveland team, yes, I think. Yes, it is against Cleveland. Uh, do you know his nickname? We have a nickname
2: for him. No, what is it? Uh, it's Blue Velvet. Why? Uh, David Lynch.
1: Oh, great. One of my favorites, too. Uh, wait, you don't know this film? Blue Velvet? One of my favorite movies, yes. Literally, yeah, yeah, I wasn't yeah, joking. Wait, yeah. right. Oh, okay. And it's yeah, funny because when I wore the Blue Velvet suit on, on MLB Network, I was like, everyone's going to make fun of me and sing the Blue Velvet song and blah, blah, blah. Of course not. No one said anything no, about it. No, yeah. definitely not. You look so good, by the way. Thank you You much. look very, very I good. Do, I do love that movie. That's from Twitch. That's
2: what Twitch someone chat, said that? that nickname, yeah, yeah. Magic of I, I, I yeah. went to NYU, I'm a pretentious film star. I know, but, David you know, but Lynch... I was like, what? How do you not, like, I thought you were going to be like, oh, I love this. I know, it is you weird. were thing. like, what? I don't know, okay.
1: <laughs> it is very dumb how, that I didn't immediately associate that. How dare you? How dare dare you.
2: Anyway, so we're excited about Daniel Lynch. <sighs> uh, there was someone that was really upset that I was suggesting pick him up. You should be picking him up in a 12 team. He probably isn't even available now before the start happened. No. And this is a situation where, like, if you look at the list... You know, this, like, these guys are all interchangeable for the most part after like 60 or so. I mean, if you drop someone who's in the 80s or whatever for Daniel Lynch, like, okay, it's, it's very easy to replace that next week, you know? In <laughs> the meanwhile, you can get Daniel Lynch, and maybe this works out because he's highly touted, throws mid 90s or so. And uh, if I remember correctly, he had two secondary pitches that so, yeah. uh, that were excellent. Like I'm excited about this because this could be very promising and make a significant impact. That's the kind of situation you should be putting yourself in.
1: Yes. And why are you
2: laughing so much?
1: I, I, my, <laughs> I my brain left this room. Okay. For very briefly. Yeah. Because I was envisioning sitting in a room. Oh, no. With Daniel Lynch. Yes. Watching Eraserhead Just being like Do you like Being like Ain't Daniel In a blue velvet suit <laughs> Yeah like, Daniel do you Have you ever watched David Lynch Daniel And him being like Of course I've not watched Any David Lynch movies So I'd be like Well let's go watch Wild at Heart And Eraserhead And, uh, and you know binge Twin Peaks And then binge Twin Peaks and, yeah. and Elephant Man You know Produced Elephant Man That's one of my favorite Little trivia facts you know, You know the movie Elephant Man Yes, uh, it's uh, Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks, really? produced, But he didn't put his name on on like he didn't want the... to suggest that it was like a comedy. 100 yeah, Exactly. I, I yeah. love that. Um, all right. So hopefully he does really well tonight. I am a little bit worried to play devil's advocate that he's going to be like prototypical Royals prospect <laughs> where it's just two pitches and like. But sure. even then, you can have success. Who knows?
2: And I, I think my prediction was that he would go four innings tonight, and then Junis would come in after and get oh. the win.
1: Oh, well, let me make sure Junis is sent my. <laughs> 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 it's like six thirty. Like you got an hour. I the, these guys are absolutely killing me right now. Oh my god! But yeah, Junis does
2: think uh, that does it he's out s- of the bullpen for it. Might hey look, he might replace uh, Brad Keller. That might be the reason why. Like hey, we want to do you in tandem right now, and then we can maybe do some switching down the road. Uh, maybe it's just for this start. So I don't completely rule that out. But
1: yeah, it's sorry, Junis. I, I man, I, I forgot too. It's against Savale tonight. So that's I know that's, that's a fun
2: game. That's the game of the day. That really is kind Save of fun. Safe for now and oh it was Otani, not anymore. So yeah, it's definitely the game of the day. Oh brutal.
1: Um all right. Let's burn through these. Uh Garrett Richards goes from unranked to seventy seven. Uh, Garrett Richards? Uh he fell. No, it goes from unranked to 77.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Well, Garrett Richards, right? He's got his fastball down the middle now and it's not getting hit and that sets
1: up the slider perfectly. It's really cool. The up and downs of Carlos Martinez continue. He went from unranked to 82.
2: Right. He had a uh, he had his cutter working against the Pirates and I don't really love the approach because I want it to be uh more slider and changeup heavy. Mm. But the thing is he gets Rocky Road next and Carlos Martinez, "Yeah, you can do that." I hope you should. I mean, Austin Gomber should have been able to handle that two start week. Uh, that was against the Giants in Oracle Park. I'm oh, sorry, and I uh, and, and you do heirs. not throw lefties against Giants.
1: Oh, I thought that was. I thought he dominated lefties though, and that was why people got so excited. Austin Gomber.
2: Yeah. Do, you do not throw? You do not throw lefties against the Giants. Okay. Not like that's. They throw. They have righties.
1: So yeah. you say he, <laughs> he yes. dominates lefties? But no, but no, no, not, people. I thought it was the other way around. The where Giants people, dominate lefties. Yeah. Oh No, I thought where people, uh, left-handed hitters could be dominated. Right. Giants left-handed hitters could be dominated by Austin Gomber. No, the Giants are really good against left-handed pitchers. Oh, okay. Um, Rich Hill goes from unranked to 84. Uh, Rich Hill,
2: the whole story about, about, yeah, the COVID thing. He should be better now, and he had 10 strikeouts in the six-inning game, so all right.
1: Okay. Um, The next up, uh, Nick Pavetta. (laughs) He's back, baby.
2: I am streaming him for his two starts in our legacy league. Uh, you are? Yeah, it's the Rangers and your Orioles. I yeah, think. that's Or fine. It's, it's Rangers or Tigers, rather. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was uh, And the thing sure. is, Pavetta's throwing 95 at the top of the zone, and I do feel there is something more to unlock if he is actually getting his sliders and curveballs down. He can do the Blake Snell blueprint. It's just he hasn't even done it yet, and maybe this still
1: even works without it. We know the upsides there, that's for sure. Uh, Jose Ureña, unranked uh, to 92, four consecutive— yep. Do it. <laughs> I got another to the four consecutive of- seven innings uh-huh. pitch starts, all uh, quality starts too. So, four consecutive quality starts, 3.53 ERA with a 3.25 FIP. Babbitt is actually in line with career norms. So, you can't really say that this is all Babbitt fueled, especially with that FIP. 5% home run to five ball rate, though, is a little bit crazy. Same with the 66% left on base rate. I think most of the success is fueled by the sinker, which has an 88% WRC+. He's painting the edges with the pitch remarkably well. I think I can speak for you when I say that this is a Vargas rule, that you can probably feel comfortable riding It it just blows up. Yeah, it's weird. He, uh, I mean...
2: This is the White Sox, also, and the I know, Yankees? I know, I know. Save for yesterday, he only had one of those starts above a 23% CSW. And it's just yeah. a lot of outs. He's just getting outs right now with sinkers, essentially. That's the way I'm seeing this generally that's not something that sticks Uh, but yeah yeah, if you want to Vargas it By all means, it could easily just blow up next time. But the good news is, hey, when he does stick, he's going seven innings, and that's a really good thing. It is crazy. Uh, Casey Mize, unranked to
1: 93. He actually pitched a little bit better, but I still don't really buy the entire repertoire. The bar is incredibly low for him right now better. Cole Irvin goes from unranked to 94. He's fine. Okay. (laughs) Justice Sheffield, uh, that's the hard-hitting analysis you come here for. This is like the
2: end of the list. If if you watch the stream, I, I went through my process, which essentially is, okay, I need to then remove all the people from the list, and then I and add the ones that I want to add and I removed 15 people from the list and I had like 6 that I wanted to add it was a lot and uh, so I
1: just kind of at the end I was like oh, alright like come on down why wasn't Matt Harvey on there
2: yeah I know it was time to do it but it I, don't, I don't interesting no I can't do
1: it I cannot believe that man is a 3.5 fimp
2: um, if you don't realize Matt Harvey we are in love with you, Matt. with you Matt Harvey why because David Cohn gave a shout-out to Alex Fast oh. during the Yes broadcast because yes. of Alex Fast tweeting about Matt Harvey.
1: His curveball's different. He's changed the shape of his pitches a little bit, and I think oh, it pairs well with his heater a little bit more, and he's not and really then, throwing it And then it well. Lindsay
2: Adler said, like, all right, I guess we're following Alex Fast as Fast uh, conquered one of his life goals. A
1: surreal day. I <laughs> absolutely love Lindsey Adler is the best. She is awesome. She absolutely is. Yeah, she's awesome. Oh, uh, that was a great moment. That was, that was really cool. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Justice Sheffield, Martin Perez, Tyler Anderson, and Luis Garcia all appear in the back. Yeah, well. so Luis
2: Garcia. Honestly, if I knew that he had more time, he'd probably be a little bit higher up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he might just get one more start and it's against the Yankees. Like I wanted that one hundred to be like, oh hey, yeah. But like, I don't really know if you're gonna do much. So sure, he's there. Tyler Anderson's been kind of better than we expect. So Tyler Anderson kind of keeps popping up on a I lot know. of top
1: ten lists, which really surprises it's, it's me. Fastball
2: once again is doing CSW things got you yeah you know this
1: yeah so it's not something that you can really consider sustainable martin perez also back as well he just has a good stream and then sheffield pretty good start i believe two days ago or yesterday uh yeah sheffield
2: i don't think has a repertoire that you want to buy into i mean it's pretty simple like that the sinker sinker slider changeup isn't quite sustainable right now i don't really want to buy into it
1: all right um well that's going to do it, Nick. For episode. Yeah, I know. Can you believe Get outta it? Get out of here. We, uh, but that was a lot. We breezed through it. No oh, one needs man. to listen to this at two times speed, that's nope. for sure. But people still might because you're maniacs, and I love <laughs> it. Uh, but that is going to do it for episode number 257 of On the Corner, of the official pitchlist.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast. And I'm Nick Pollock, and we'll talk to you guys
2: next week.